Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You are joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. We're back. Hello, oh, Annabelle Lee. I've missed this. Hello. Hello, <laughs> team. We are back in a big way. Coming up on today's show... Guys, I have no idea if this is a blessing or a curse, but I do not think we have ever had so much to cover in four years of doing this show. We are going everywhere. From the rumours around Emrata's cheating husband and the Wagatha Christie trial coming to an end to one man's quest for Sammy Robinson's heart and the biggest offenders when it comes to celebrities and their private jets. Plus, is Shakira going to jail? Why is a demois blind item about a high-profile royal and their sex life making headlines? <laughs> and finally, the Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde, Florence Pugh gossip. We cannot, we simply cannot get <laughs> enough of. But first, Michelle, how was your break? It was a delightful break. And I've got to give a shout out to the many shameless listeners I met in WA. We have so many delightful WA listeners. Oh. And I've got to say, my mum was delighted to meet you all. Every time someone came up, mum felt so excited and was just so pumped to be there. Loved WA, loved Perth, loved my entire break. I feel really refreshed. Good, feeling good. I'm good. Yeah, I am feeling good. (laughs) I'm in a good place. I have a lot of recommendations. I will breeze through them because as you said, Zara, I think we have like 14 stories or something stupid to get through. We just decided today that we would do the world's largest quick and dirty because we were sitting down yesterday, Mitch, when Mm. we were planning this, working out what we needed to cover and what could be bumped. Oh, yeah. And basically nothing was bumped. (laughs) We were like, I'm desperate. I'm desperate. Well, the recipe for a shameless episode is Zara and I sitting down trying to figure out what we give the most fucks about. We give so many fucks about 14 different stories today. I know. It's a big one. I will breeze through this as quickly as possible. First of all, please all go and see the Where the Crawdads Sing movie, the one with Daisy Edgar Jones, of course. I love it. Where the Crawdads Sing is one of my favourite books. It is incredible. If you haven't read it, please do. I read some of the reviews for the movie. It was an adaptation by Reese Witherspoon's company, Hello Sunshine. And I thought, oh God, maybe I'll give this a miss. People slammed it, particularly male reviewers. So I saw their reviews and went, okay, maybe I'll give it a miss. My friends wanted to go. I ended up buying a ticket with them. And let me tell you, It is excellent. I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie, but it is definitely worth your time. I really loved it. Isn't it sad when you see terrible reviews and then you enjoy something? I also feel a bit gaslighted. Yes. Like sometimes over the break, and I'll get to this in a a quick second, when I read books and loved them, posted a glowing review on my Instagram and then would go to Goodreads and would read what people thought. And I was like... Am I wrong? You feel like an idiot. Am I? Yeah, you do a bit. But back yourself. So I do have a date in my calendar to watch this movie. It's not for a couple of weeks. Good. Don't write it off, people. I will not. Good. Go watch it. I also read The Body Keeps the Score, which is a book by a psychologist all about the effects of trauma on the body. I know that sounds heavy. Mm. The reason I hadn't read it before the break was because when I'm working, my brain could not deal with that level of heaviness. It is a heavy book. It's also an excellent book. It's nonfiction. It's nonfiction, which I know you struggle with sometimes. It's like I don't necessarily struggle with it. I just I love stories more than anything. Yeah, but this is interlaced with people's stories. Okay. The issue is the story is the most dark things I've ever heard in my life. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't mind that though. I do need stories to keep me going, so I, I can put this on my list. Yeah, different patient stories interwoven throughout. So read the body keeps the score. I also really enjoyed the rehearsal on Binge. Annabelle, if there has ever been a show that's made for you, it's the rehearsal on Amazon Prime. You would love this. It is like the Truman Show, but a reality version of it. This comedian 
recreates entire scenarios from the ground up to reverse engineer or manufacture conversations. I don't even know how to explain it. That was terrible. I was like, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. I don't know how to explain it other than please watch it and then come talk to me about it. The rehearsal on Binge, it is a wild, mind-bending experience. I've just looked up this comedian and he doesn't look familiar. Oh. oh no. Is so that good? Or? No, it's a good thing. I'm excited to learn about this guy. <laughs> nice. I have heard heaps about this. I haven't been sure if it's for me. Yeah, okay. No, I, I am not sure if it's for you either. <laughs> Again, a reality show. And I think sometimes you struggle to get into reality. I do love it though. So for those out there who want something a little different, it is quirky. Go on the ride with it. It's great. And then finally, I just have to give you a shout out. Thank you for bringing the split into my life. Like I have, I was so grateful for you in the first week of my break. I demolished that show in a week. I cried more than I've cried at maybe any other drama show. I just need to thank you on behalf of the listeners and myself and my entire family. That show fucking rocks. It's amazing. When I said I think it's one of the most underrated shows of our generation, I think people <laughs> laughed at me until they started watching. I got so many DMs about this. And I do have to say before I move on, my best friend Emily did recommend it to me. And I do have to give her the shout out. Did she give you a word? No, but I, when I first recommended this on the show, I gave her the shout out. I just didn't give her the re-shout out. But then I sort of realised the other day that I probably should give her that credit. I honestly think I've never had more DMs in my life. Like I got quite a few DMs when I told the world I had vaginism. <laughs> I got more DMs about this television show. People were losing their minds over the break. I couldn't even reply to everyone. I'm so sorry. It's a cultural movement. I will say yeah. that. Shameless listeners crossing over to watching The Split is a cultural movement and I'm here for it. And look, you had your birthday over the break. Yes. And when it came to your birthday, I thought the number one person I could get to give you a B-Day <laughs> shout out was a Split actor. Oh, don't, go on. don't get excited. <laughs> That's smart though. I know. And I reached out to all of them and one Split actor, I'm not going to name and shame them because I do love them. Your favourite character in the I, show, by the way. I don't know who my favourite character is. <laughs> I'll tell you off air and you'll be like, that is my favourite character. She agreed to give you a birthday shout out. In fact, she continually agreed over the three weeks How that we were not recording. How did she get Instagram DM, babe. Keep And I was excited. I was like, this is the ultimate B-Day shout out. It's I've so outdone timely. myself. It's timely. The audience will love it. Unfortunately, she promised me for three weeks she would she send it. She ghosted you. She completely ghosted me at the last minute and broke my heart. Then I had to really get thinking. It got to literally last night and I was like, who else does Zara love? And I think <laughs> when like you hear Tommy this. Little, little again. <laughs> Here, it's come not on. Tommy Little. It is a woman by the name of Libby Trickett. Oh, <laughs> Hello, Zara. I just wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. Um, Thank you for all of your love and support over the years. And I just wanted to let you know um, to keep shining your beautiful light in the world. It makes the world a better place. Um, yes, happy birthday. Oh, Libby Trigger. <laughs> this is very funny because for those who don't know, I just love swimming. I've always loved yep. swimming. And last night, Libby Trickett started following me on Instagram and I messaged Michelle, screenshotting it, saying, this is the best moment of my life. Yeah, you've quoted yourself word for word. I had it up, literally screenshot with, this is the best moment of my life. To which I responded being like, how strange, how cool, so random. What an awesome thing to happen Michelle, out of the blue. No, Oh, that is so sweet. Thanks, Libby Trickett. One of our golden girls of the pool. Now, I did tell you I had stuff for your birthday. Oh and thank you to Libby Trickett. I am such a fan along with Zara, we adore you. 
But as my backup backup to Libby Trickett, I thought Zara also loves Tom Holland. <laughs> Tom Holland. <laughs> now, I did reach out to every member of Tom Holland's family. Didn't realise he had two brothers. Sam. Reached out to both of them. Reached out to his charity. Did the whole thing. Yeah. I couldn't get Tom Holland. <laughs> I mean, I think you would have led with Tom Holland if we got Tom Holland. <laughs> no offence, Libby. <laughs> but what I could get was a $45 Spanish Tom Holland impersonator. Oh, my God. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Is this what you're about to play for me? Yep. Let's have a listen. Hello, Sarah. Tom Holland here. I just wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. I heard you are turning 28. What a great, great year of life. Um, kick loud, smiling, and putting out this podcast. Lots of love, your mate, Tom. <laughs> does he look like Tom? He does. He really uh, does. does. He? he does look like Tom, and I want to add that at the end of his video to you, he does a little Spider-Man symbol to no, the no, camera. No, no, no. He does like the, psh, like, and then the web comes out of the web shooter. Oh, that hand you gesture. You know what? That's worth $45. <laughs> $45. He is the number one ranked Tom Holland impersonator on Memo oh, Me. I, I actually <laughs> didn't know this was <laughs> this was an area. Well, wow. there you go. Yeah, so that's your birthday message. Tell us about your birthday and tell us about your break. Oh, gosh, lots going on. I'm already <laughs> anxious and nervous. My birthday was fine. We're 28, Michelle. That's... Getting on. We're old. We started this show when we were 23. Yeah, it's so been a while. that's lots of time growing up on this microphone without getting too earnest. Getting a bit sentimental. I know. <laughs> no, the break was amazing. I went to Bali, which was lovely. Good to get some sun. Yeah. Sorry if that was an insensitive thing to say to people <laughs> who haven't had sun, but honestly, I really liked it. Um, I read quite a few books and I do want to recommend three of them. Oh, please. You said I could only recommend three, so that is what I'm doing. I will also try to breeze through these as quickly quickly as I can. These will be in our show notes as well. We promise you don't have to quickly nut them down while you're driving or wherever you're listening. Nut them down. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> don't nut them down, guys. <laughs> Is it nut them down? Jot them down, I think you're looking for. I don't think I've ever got a saying right on this show. <laughs> so one of the first books I want to recommend is called Night Crawling by Leyland Botley. I do want to put on the record, we did have a sponsored post run on our book club, I think, about this book. This is completely unsponsored. It was sitting on my desk and I thought this looks amazing, so I'm going to take it home. Guys, Leyland Motley, the author, started writing this book when she was 16. Oh, oh I... Part of me it hates is. that and part of me loves it so much. What an incredible talent. She was only 20, just turned 20 when this book was published. <sighs> it is the smartest writing. It is – I just – I can't fathom how someone that young can write something so amazing. It is pretty dark. It follows our main character, Kiara, who has lost her dad. Her mum's in rehab. She's only 17 herself. She's wow. trying to make ends meet, can't make her rent because it keeps going up. And she does find herself on the streets after dark in Oakland and does sort of find herself in this blackmail arrangement with really corrupt cops. Wow. Eventually that breaks into the media. She becomes like the centre of this media storm and that's what the book's about. It is, it's a heavy book but it is so worth your time. I couldn't fathom how someone, I know I've said it before, this young wrote something so amazing. That sounds, inc I would love to read that. Yeah. That sounds incredible. It is, as I said, it's like, it's not a light read but I think a really important read as well. So that's number one, that's Nightcrawling. The second one that I wanted to recommend is You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Awake Amezi. 
This book is a romance. Now, we spoke on the show in some of our book club episodes recently, Mish, about how you think maybe the romance genre is, is done. It kills you. my soul. I don't know what it is. It kills my soul. Because you're I in a, a happy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Us <laughs> single women <laughs> love this shit. <laughs> no, I think you would like it. Maybe. How? Well, this is the thing about romance, and I did agree with you on the book club. And I think we kind of all agreed that sometimes the romance genre can be hard because it's all so completely predictable it's formulaic it's completely formulaic this is romance i think that didn't follow the formula oh okay which is what i liked it was a really easy breezy light book i read it in one sitting which i always think is a great sign and it felt non-cheesy to me but i also get nervous saying that because what if people read it and think this is like the cheesiest book ever it felt non-cheesy to me in terms of the romance genre if it's not formulaic do the two protagonists end up together at the end of the book well there are lots of protagonists Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. okay i'm intrigued yeah so that one put that one on your list also amazing cover Yes, like judge oh, a hot book by cover. Yes. hot cover. The last one, I don't want this to be an annoying recommendation, but I want to recommend it so I don't forget later when the book comes out. I did read Diana Reed's new book that is not out yet. You'll have to pre-order it. It comes out, I think, in October. And I do want to be self-aware. I know it's a bit annoying to recommend it now, but I simply was going to forget by October. Well, you know what? People can pre-order it now and I've just looked on Booktopia. Hopefully the sale that's on today is also on tomorrow. It's 25% off. So go pre-order it and then it can arrive on your doorstep and none of us will forget. Exactly. It's called Seeing Other People. Now, I loved Diana Reed's first book, Love and Virtue, and was wondering, you always wonder, when it's their second book how you're gonna go how can you top it yeah Yeah. this was really really enjoyable I love how Diana writes it's so her writing is amazingly smart but easy to read which I think is one of the biggest talents of all time I think you both would like this because you both have sisters and this book follows two sisters over the course of a summer in Sydney and how their relationship nearly hits breaking point obsessed with all of that again I I know I think you both would love it so that's seeing other people by Diana Reid I'll put a link to pre-order it in our show notes obsessed with that recommendations done recommendations done we are ready to get into this big bumper episode Zara I think we just go headline for headline I will kick us off our first story for today's ep. A tweet is worth a thousand words. Emily Ratajkowski likes post about her husband Sebastian Bear McLeod's serial cheating, fueling reports their divorce was sparked by his infidelity. That is from the Daily Mail. My word. I didn't really see this one coming. She seemed to be quite public about their relationship, right? Yeah, I read her memoir when it came out last year. And her love for her husband shone through those pages. So this hit me hard when I read these headlines. It would. So if you missed it, in July, Papshot started doing the round of Emrata without her wedding ring. So everybody started speculating straight away that something had happened. If you don't know much about Emrata and her husband, they share a one-year-old son called Sylvester. They married in February 2018 after dating for just a few weeks, but they had been friends for quite a few years, Mish. Yeah, for ages. So they did go way back. A lot of people like spoke a lot about them rushing to the aisle yeah. or whatever. Not strictly true. They'd been in each other's lives for a very long time. Now, after those pap shots of M not wearing her wedding rings started doing the rounds, gossip accounts like Demois started posting blind items that suggested Sebastian had cheated on M. And then after that, we had an unnamed source speak to page six on July 15. And this unnamed source went for the jugular with Sebastian Bear McLeod. 
Did yes. the unknown source go wild? I would love to know who this is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone in her camp. If this had happened to me and there were rumours, I'd be like, who wants to go talk to the media and tell them that this is true without putting anyone's name to yeah. it? Yeah, go on, mum. So, yeah, yeah. It'd be mum or sis. <laughs> anyway, so this is what the source said. Yeah, he cheated. He's a serial cheater. It's gross. He's a dog. Out of everything in the world, the one thing I don't want to be called is a dog. A dog. It is pretty rough, but I reckon if you're cheating especially when you've got a one-year-old son together page six actually went further than the gossip blogs and exclusively revealed that the two were absolutely done and we're heading for divorce yeah em's reps didn't respond to requests for comment in that article but pretty soon after this definitely seemed legit days after the report em was photographed by paparazzi wearing a baseball cap with the phrase it doesn't bother me, written across it in French. I know, and people might be thinking, oh, it might just be a coincidence, but I don't. I, I just don't think this kind of stuff is ever a coincidence. When you're one of the biggest celebrity stories in the world at that point and you know you're leaving the house, you know you're going to be papped and every piece of clothing you put on your body is a message to the world. Yeah, and Em's memoir repeatedly speaks about the paparazzi and her relationship with them. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. She's a clever woman. Now, we had the final nail in this marriage coffin when Em went on a liking spree on Twitter. <laughs> My other favourite part of this story. <laughs> These are the tweets that she endorsed with likes. Can't believe that little bitch cheated on Emrata. <laughs> Girls, how are we celebrating Emrata's divorce? And then finally, Emrata finally free from that man just proves that God is actually very real. My Lord, I love how celebrities do occasionally do that to be like, I'll just give a slight like. I won't yes. say anything, but I'll give a nod to all of you, a quiet little <laughs> wink and a nod and tell you that, yes, I see you. And also how, sorry, I know it's the bleedingly obvious, but what a cliche for the very mediocre man to cheat on the incredibly amazing woman. Like, I'm so sick of this trope that incredible women get cheated on by their terribly average partners. Well, it's a tale as old as time. Oh, I hate it. It happens every day in every country, <laughs> in every corner of the world. I think we just cancel men. <laughs> My second story, Rebecca Vardy loses wagon the Christie libel case against Colleen Rooney. That is from the BBC and Wagatha Christie is over and Colleen Rooney is on top. Yeah, rip Wagatha Christie. I'm going to miss it. Now, Colleen Rooney, of course, is a very successful media personality. She's also the wife of former England football captain Wayne Rooney and she has emerged victorious in that very high profile libel case. Zara, the spouse of another footballer, her name is Rebecca Vardy, was found to have leaked stories about Colleen to the press. Yeah, but the great irony of this case, of course, is that Rebecca Vardy was the one that pursued the defamation case. You will all remember, and I'll give a really quick synopsis here because we have <laughs> given a synopsis every time we spoke about it, but I know it's our job to give the context. Now, you'll remember, of course, Colleen Rooney was growing suspicious that people in her circle were leaking stories about her. She did the ultimate investigative thing by just making her one key suspect the only person on her close friends list on Instagram, posted fake stories, found they were being leaked to the sun and knew exactly who was doing it. Mm. The best part was Colleen Rooney told the world about it the minute she realised <laughs> who it was and wrote the four greatest words ever written on social media, which was, it's dot, 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 
Rebecca Vardy's account. <laughs> now, that's what Rebecca Vardy was suing over. She was suing for defamation, saying, I didn't do this. Unfortunately, a judge disagreed, <laughs> a high court judge disagreed and said that Colleen Rooney proved that her allegation was, and I quote, substantially true. Never forget my favourite part of this trial, which was when Rebecca Vardy's manager... Someone, it was alleged that she had spoken over text messages about leaking stories to the press to accidentally dropped her phone into the ocean. Like a vital piece of evidence just happened to be dropped into the ocean before the trial. I also think it's just amazing because like it wasn't a river or a lake. It was like an ocean, <laughs> which is as deep as you can find. And like, what are you doing that far out in the ocean? How far out did they take that boat? Would we like another kilometre? Let's keep it going. It wasn't even European summer. It was like European winter. Like that's cold stuff. Now, Rebecca Vardy did release a statement saying she was extremely sad and disappointed at the decision. She said, Said, it is not the result I had expected nor believe was just. I brought this action to vindicate my reputation and I'm devastated by the judge's finding. She said the judge got it wrong and it's something I cannot accept. <laughs> Rebecca, honey. Sort of reminds me, I saw a TikTok the other day. It's kind of exposing where someone was talking about how when they were like have been broken up with before and you just like, I don't know if this has ever happened to anyone, but you try to like flatly refuse to accept that conversation. I've done that before to be like, no, 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 no. Like this is not happening. It's like that's what Rebecca Vardy is doing. She's being like, nah. <laughs> it's like you actually have no control here. Another thing I love about this is Colleen Rooney's statement. Oh she God, said, yes. it was not a case I ever sought or wanted slash I never believed it should have gone to court at such expense when the money could have been far better spent helping others. <laughs> the sassiness of it all. So sassy. The court will actually decide who's paying the legal fees at a later date. I can't imagine a world where Colleen Rooney has to foot the bill for this, but we will see. Did you know as well, guys, there is a mammoth amount in production about this Wagatha Christie case. According to The Guardian, there's a drama in the works oh, being made about this it. and also a whole bunch of documentaries. So reportedly Colleen Rooney <laughs> is working on her own. Netflix is also thought to be planning one. Channel 4 also has something planned. So does the BBC and another production company called Optimum Television is also apparently working on one. So this will be a real race to get this stuff out. Well, it's almost like the new Britney Spears trial stuff, yeah. right? Like when that happened, every man and his dog was producing a documentary about it. Now the Wagatha Christie trial will be the next big thing. It's interesting because it's like you kind of want to be first but not if it's rushed. Like you yeah. don't want to be the shittest one. But then you don't want to be last. No, you don't. I mean, let's wait and see. Yeah, let's. Our third story, Melbourne woman featured in viral TikTok video without consent says she feels dehumanised. That is from the ABC. Now the TikTok video... Video at the heart of this story went so viral that I actually bet a lot of our listeners saw it over the break. It was posted by a TikToker by the name of Harrison Pollock and has 65 million views and 12 million likes at the time of recording. Essentially, it shows a young Aussie guy approaching an older woman in an Australian shopping centre and handing her a bouquet of flowers. It then shows him walking away and her realising that he's intentionally gifted her those flowers. Yes. Now, the video was captioned, I hope this made her day better, hashtag wholesome. <laughs> the reception to the video was overwhelmingly positive. I mean, the top comment was, I'm crying with her. And that had <laughs> 256,000 likes at the time of recording. Everyone essentially thinks Harrison is a top guy. 
Except for me. I have long hated these <laughs> videos. We have all on this podcast many a time had a grudge against these videos. I have seen these in my feed and just been so fired up. Yeah. And I don't want to say I thought at first because I didn't. <laughs> but I was really, really interested and really relieved to see this kind of conversation actually yeah. taking place because – the story behind this is actually not that positive. The woman in the video who only actually gave her first name, which is Marie, to the media, spoke to the ABC about her experience of being filmed without her knowledge for someone else's content and for someone else to make money off. Yeah, that's exactly right. Here's one of her quotes. There's a lot of these flower TikToks all over the internet. He interrupted my quiet time, filmed and uploaded a video without my consent, turning it into something it wasn't. And I feel like he's making quite a lot of money through it. It's the patronizing assumption that women, especially older women, will be thrilled by some random stranger giving them flowers. I have never loved Marie Moore. I don't know her, but this was, I was obsessed with the fact that she went to the ABC, spoke about this, because I think it is really part of a trend, a really patronising trend from young men on the internet who are trying to do this under the guise of being good guys. But actually, they're just playing into old tropes time and time again. Good guys don't need to film it. Sorry. Yes, like, yes. you're not doing this to be a good guy you're doing this to become viral or go viral on TikTok and so many people fall for it and it's just kind of nauseating Marie gave some other quotes that I really loved as well she actually said that when she asked a nearby group of people if they were filming her they said no she then said I didn't want to carry the flowers home on the tram to really be quite frank like she didn't want this at all she went on they got this picture of me supposedly crying but it was just a horrible expression I feel like clickbait one article said Mr. Paul who has 3 million followers, was performing random acts of kindness. These artificial things are not random acts of kindness. It's brand building. Yeah. That's all it is. Now, Harrison Pollock's team actually issued a statement in response to the backlash because it, it got pretty big. The statement read, Harrison offers flowers and pays for complete strangers' <laughs> groceries. And while cynics may claim it's for views, <laughs> Harrison simply has a personal commitment to helping people feel more connected and trusting. While he only has so far encountered gratitude if someone is upset then they should feel free to personally email him he would not want something designed to spread love and compassion to cause anyone concern <laughs> if your sole aim is to help people and not to do this for views as we say why is there a camera there and if you're Number one intention is to not hurt people and someone is hurt by this. Why is the video still up? That's my favourite thing ever. This was a statement given to the ABC about the backlash saying, well, he only wants people to feel comfortable. If you're not comfortable, contact him. It's like, he knows she's not comfortable. Why is the video still live? Like, you're just blatantly bullshitting everyone and it's so transparent. Team Marie forever. Fucking love Marie. Marie, if you're listening, <laughs> I don't know if you are. Because truthfully, I'd expire young people if I was you too. But I'm a huge fan. Our fourth story, Chloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson having baby boy via surrogate. That is from page six. Now, this came out in the middle of our break. In the middle of last month, it was announced that Chloe Kardashian is expecting a 
child via surrogate with her ex-partner Tristan Thompson. They are, of course, already parents to four-year-old daughter True. Yeah, this was confirmed by a source close to the family who spoke to, again, page six. Page six has been busy over the break. They said, we can confirm True will have a sibling who was conceived in November. Chloe is incredibly grateful to the extraordinary surrogate for such a beautiful blessing. We'd like to ask for kindness and privacy so that Chloe can focus on her family. Yeah, the insider added that the two of them are not back together and had not spoken since December, since, of course, all that... Marilee Nichols. Marilee Nichols Mm. drama happened and only speak when they're co-parenting true. Mm. So we've seen them photograph together, but I think only in the context of co-parenting. What I found really interesting here and also important is that the Kardashian camp has made this timeline incredibly clear, that the minute this news came out, almost next to that news was when the baby was essentially conceived. Yeah, they made it very clear that in the middle of July when this was reported, the baby was due within days. So this is not some new development. This has been bubbling away behind the scenes for ages. And I feel bad for her. I feel like that Kardashian scene that went so viral that everyone saw of her finding out that Tristan had done this to her again. It now has that added layer of she probably knew, like definitely, that a surrogate was freshly pregnant with their child. Yeah, that absolute roller coaster. And I think someone made a good point. I think it might have been on our Instagram where someone said like, that essentially means he's cheated on her twice while they've been waiting for children to be born. He is diabolical. He is completely diabolical. Now, as you just mentioned, when this story did break, it well, it did come with the disclaimer that the baby was due within days. It's now August. We haven't heard anything yet. I would not be surprised if that baby was born and we're going to find out in the coming weeks. But, God, it just makes this story even sadder. And I think what's even weirder, Mish, is that we did like a whole two-part series on Khloe Kardashian's love life. And so much has happened mm. since we released that. Tristan Thompson continually made decisions that made the news that we could now fill out two more episodes with. He might be ultimate villain number one of us ever doing Shameless. Like, he's, I, I'm just dumbfounded. <laughs> he continually lets everyone down. Yeah. I do not, I do not understand what happens in that man's brain to make the decisions that he does. No, I do, and I don't think we ever will understand. <laughs> <laughs> Our fifth story, boxer Jordan Simi's bizarre plea to Insta ex-girlfriend Sammy Robinson. That is from the Daily Telegraph. In case you missed it, two weeks ago, podcaster Jordan Simi, aka influencer Sammy Robinson's ex-boyfriend, made his boxing debut in order to win her back. Yes. So it seemed like they had broken up a few months before this and he was desperate to win her back. So he decided to train for a boxing match, but not just train for a boxing match and do the boxing match, but do every interview under the sun with media outlets telling people why he was doing the boxing match, which was to win her back. He told the media... I thought I need a fight so I can win and then look down the lens and say, hey, I love you. Take me back. He also said, I'm fighting for love here. That's why I'm doing this. Beyond the media interviews, he also posted quite a bit on Instagram about this, quite openly about what he was doing. I mean, he posted one interview that he did with the Daily Telegraph on his Instagram feed writing in his caption, The Notebook Two, he also posted memes from the notebook with Sammy and his name superimposed over the characters. <laughs> and he told the media before the fight that he'd invited her to the fight. So all eyes were on Sammy. We were like, 
all of us, we, we were. Yeah. Is she going to turn up? How is she feeling about this? Because transparently this would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> A thousand percent. This I, is my worst nightmare. If Mitch and I broke up and then he decided to do a boxing match to win me back, he would actually be blocked. <laughs> and what I've learned about this is that women would respond very differently to this because I can tell you right now, every cell in my body would want to evaporate into thin air if this happened to me. Like shrivel up and die. Oh. I couldn't I couldn't handle it. But some people really do love this. You people fall into one of two camps. Would this send you over the edge? Because it would honestly send me over a cliff and into the ocean with Rebecca Vardy's manager's phone. Or is this winning you back? Sammy went to the fight. She went to the fight. So we don't know if they're back together yet. But he also was like really candid as well when he was at the fight. He was like on his Instagram live walking up to her saying, it's the love of my life. She was like awkwardly standing there. He uploaded videos saying, I love you so much. And she's just like awkwardly sitting there. I just, I've never seen anything like it. And you know what? Credit to Jordan Simi. Now, this would make me want to die if it was me. But credit to him. He must know that these grand gestures of romance, and I will put that in inverted commas because I don't know if a, fighting another man is romance yeah. to me, but he clearly knows his ex-girlfriend well. He knew that this could potentially win her back, and it seems like it potentially did. She posted on Instagram about this fight writing, go boy. So there's clearly something there or something brewing or maybe they will get back together. I just keep thinking a grand gesture of love to me would be Mitch learning to make like French toast or something or like writing me a card or yeah. something like him getting into a fight with another man would do absolutely nothing to repair our relationship. Annabelle, I'm getting the sense that you agree with Zara. Yeah, I. I would also die. I would also be in that ocean. Do you guys? I feel like just, I'm just imagining us all sitting at the bottom of the sea. Do you guys, if so, if your partners wrote you a song? And like, no, I knew it. it. I knew it. I feel like it's all, we're all in the same camp. No, because I get the ick um, (laughs) when people think they can sing and can't. And I do sometimes think Ollie falls into that camp. (laughs) So wait, let me get this straight. Your boyfriend gives you the ick. No, but if he did that, it would. Look, I I agree. It it clearly, I I mean, again, we, we don't know if they're back together. I would not be surprised if we found out in the next few weeks that they were. So clearly this worked, but warning to men out there. It's not guaranteed to work. And a great one for the listeners. Cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Would this win you back or have you reaching for the block button? I can't wait to find out. My sixth story and just a quick trigger warning before we jump into this story. This story will detail allegations of incest and may be triggering for some listeners. Ricky Martin speaks out after legal case is dismissed. I was a victim of a lie. That is from The Hollywood Reporter. Certainly one of the most dark celebrity stories, Mish, from over the break and perhaps one of the most complicated. Yeah, and for that reason, we won't dawdle too much. We'll just get you across the facts of the case. A court has archived a restraining order issued against 50-year-old pop star Ricky Martin. The case is closed. In case you missed it, originally in July, a protection order was taken out by Martin's 21-year-old nephew who accused the singer of harassing him after ending their supposed seven-month-long relationship and, as the nephew claimed at the time, time appearing at his home multiple times. Because the allegations involved incest, the maximum jail sentence that Ricky Martin would have faced if he was found guilty would have reportedly been 50 years. Yeah, Ricky Martin's reps came out pretty quickly and denied the claims. They said at the time that the singer who has been married since 2017 and who has four children would be fully vindicated when more facts came to the fore. Two weeks ago, as you said, Mish, all the 
charges were dropped and the case was dismissed. And Ricky Martin's lawyers spoke to the media and said, the accuser confirmed to the court that his decision to dismiss the matter was his alone without any outside influence or pressure. And the accuser confirmed he was satisfied with his legal representation in the matter. The request came from the accuser asking to dismiss the case. Yeah, in a video statement obtained by TMZ, Ricky Martin said, I was victim of a lie. Unfortunately, the attack came from a family member. I only wish him the best for him to find the light. A lie can cause so much harm. It has harmed me, my husband, my kids, my parents, my family. Now my priority is to heal and how do I heal with music? I mean, no matter what has gone on in this entire scenario, and I don't think anyone outside the family will ever know, just a really hard time for that entire family to yeah. grapple with. Yeah. Our seventh story. Instagram proves when you've lost the Kardashians, you're screwed. That is from Wired. That is a banger headline. Isn't it amazing? So last week, Kylie Jenner joined a chorus of angry Instagram users reposting that post that you guys probably would have seen in your feeds. It was like this white post with black writing that said, make Instagram, Instagram again. And she posted that to her stories. The post read, stop trying trying to be TikTok. I just want to see cute pics of my friends. Yeah. When Kylie Jenner is sharing something like this about your app, it is not a good sign. Now, this comes after everyone has absolutely trashed Instagram's new update. Don't know about you guys, but I really hate it. Yes. Well, I don't have the full update on my account. You're lucky. Our book club does. Our book club does. And every time I click onto it, it brings me physical pain. So every time I jump into that account, I'm like, (laughs) what, where, like, actually, where am I? It's it's, so bad. It's completely disconbobulating if you don't have it and don't know what it is basically the new update includes instagram reels on the main newsfeed. it means more ads it means more sort of suggested content from people you do not follow and as we sort of mentioned there's this like really annoying full screen <laughs> thing where your feed essentially looks like tiktok it's so ugly it's so ugly and as that sort of meme that kylie jenner shared is it a meme sure said the general consensus is instagram is trying to be tiktok talk. Now, after Kylie Jenner posted this, and I do think it was after the Kardashians said something because Instagram does not listen to the rest of us peasants. No. I, I've hated lots of updates with apps <laughs> in my time and no one's ever, you know what? They never usually respond. Yeah, you're so right. The head of Instagram never directly addresses you. Never. <laughs> Adam Masseri, if you're listening. No. So he did a video and said, if you are seeing a new full screen version or a feed or you're hearing about it, know that it's a test. And I also want to be clear, it is not yet good. He's got that right. Yes. He also had to do an interview about it all and actually confirmed that they're going to pause the test. He said, I'm glad we took a risk, which is what everyone says. When they fail. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly said that in my time. We I don't call it failing. I call it learning. Yes. Failure. <laughs> I'm glad we took a risk. If we're not failing every once in a while, we're not thinking big or bold enough. Oh he said, we will definitely need to take a big step back and regroup. When we've learned a lot, then we will come back with a sort of new idea or iteration, we're going to work through that. I tell you what, all they need to do is just not put at the top of my feed random videos from people I don't follow. Yeah. I cannot find anything from my loved ones yeah. on Instagram. The top of my feed, every time I refresh, is a random reel from someone. Really? Yes. Okay, so mine's not like that yet. I'm not having too many issues with my account, but I can understand how incredibly frustrating that is. This, as we know, is not the first time Kylie Jenner has publicly expressed her dislike for a social media update. Do you guys remember in Feb 2018, (laughs) she posted a tweet 
on Twitter, obviously, <laughs> and said, like, suggested that Snapchat was over. It was like, does anyone use Snapchat anymore? A day later, Snapchat's shares plummeted 6% and within a week they'd lost about $1.3 billion US dollars. So it is no surprise that Instagram were like, oh, Fuck. dear, we need to jump on this immediately. Yeah, and also the Kardashians should just start their own app, I reckon. Well, that's what TikTok is saying. There's a lot of videos on TikTok saying, is there something to this where if – the Kardashians are coming out against something. Do we read into it? Because I do kind of think there might be space in the market for a photo sharing app that kind of was how Instagram once was. I mean, yeah. I saw a TikTok from this girl called Tori's Intel. So obviously she has the Intel. <laughs> and it drew attention to a demois tip that said an A-list celebrity is making a photo sharing app. Ooh. Given what we know about the Kardashians coming out and denigrating Instagram, it wouldn't be a massive surprise. I love that. And I also think we can poll the listeners with this for Your Safe Friday. Do you want to share videos on your own feed? The vast majority of people feel far more comfortable sharing photos. If you're making an app for the people, you kind of need to respond to what the people want to generate themselves. I know TikTok's going off, but just do your own thing, Instagram. Be your own person. Well, I think it's interesting because I do see people on Instagram definitely getting behind videos more than they ever have. And personally, I don't mind creating the odd video because in terms of capturing memories, for me it's like a far more engaging way for me to look back on an experience and think how fun was that yeah. or how amazing was that. But I think it's like, give people the option. Don't force feed. Yeah, I love that. All right, we're going to hear more about the Kardashians in a second <laughs> because we need to get to Jetgate. But first, a word from today's sponsor. All right, guys, our eighth story. <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> Kylie's back. Kylie's back. Kylie's 17-minute flight has nothing on the 170 trips Taylor Swift's private jets took this year. That is from Rolling Stone. Oh, my goodness. This has got to be one of the biggest celebrity stories of the last week because the absolute havoc <laughs> that has unfolded because I think initially – because Kylie Jenner uploaded that photo of her and Travis's jets and said – Mine or yours? Yeah. In case you missed it, sustainability marketing firm Yard has been working overtime over the last few weeks to expose celebrities for how they use private jets and therefore which public figures dump the most carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And I think a lot of people, Zara, having seen that photo and heard about Kylie's short stints, repeatedly short stints on private jets. Yeah, like 17-minute flights, as the headline said. Like, yeah. I was blown away by that. I felt so stupid, but I was like, why are you catching a flight for 17 minutes? <laughs> and people calculated it's a flight for 17 minutes obviously she has to drive to the airport the onboarding stuff that would happen on a private jet for a trip that would have been a 40 minute car ride yeah and some people have said you know sometimes these short trips are to do with moving the planes around drake has said that yeah, yeah like yeah like <laughs> storing the plane and petrol and i actually have no idea but it's got something to do they're trying to get us on technicalities but it's like this still all sucks for the world yeah you're still slippery little snakes with your yeah. private jets now a lot of people read that kylie jenner headline and said well kylie jenner must be the worst of the worst when it comes to carbon dioxide culprits in celebrity land but she's not at all Zara if we think that Kylie Jenner's the worst we need to take a look at the top 10 yeah because in 10th place is Travis Scott in 9th place is Oprah Winfrey in 8th place is Mark Wahlberg that checks out to yeah. know why. <laughs> I said to you the other week at work was it you or was it someone else I said <laughs> I don't know why Mark Wahlberg is just 
a devil in my mind. No, it's just no, a gut, it's a bad gut feeling. He's done some shit in the past. It's just like the opposite of a past basket. It's like when your gut is off about someone, yes. you do not have the reasons why. Yeah. Our, our red light list. <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's just something's going on. In seventh spot is Kim Kardashian. In sixth, Steven Spielberg. Blake Shelton in fifth. Yeah, Gwen <laughs> Stefani's husband. Yeah. Are they married? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Fourth <laughs> is A-Rod, of course, J-Lo's ex. Third is Jay-Z. Second is Floyd Mayweather. And first is Taylor Swift. Hey, Swift. If anyone's curious, Kylie Jenner ranked in number 19. So she's essentially like a climate change activist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's saving the planet. Drake placed 16th. Now... Taylor's private jet has taken 170 flights this year alone, racking up 8,293 tonnes of pollution. I was like sitting at home trying to do like <laughs> time maths, which I'm always really good at. Being like 170 flights this year is essentially like a flight a day, a yeah. private flight a day. Now, the backlash was so intense that her spokesperson almost immediately responded to it saying... Taylor's jet is loaned out regularly to other individuals to attribute most or all of these trips to her is blatantly incorrect. I had a huge problem with this statement. I mean, I do have to say, I know we have some diehard Swifties in our listenership. Including Michelle's table. I love Taylor Swift, but I was pretty astounded by some of the comments on our Instagram post. People who really were like, I hope you're going to reference the statement about how they're not all from her. And I'm like, I don't really care. Like, it's still... Her jet, she's loaning it out. I'd be very surprised if she wasn't renting it out and therefore making money off this too <laughs> because she'd be hemorrhaging cash if she wasn't charging people for that jet. Yeah. Also, sorry to Taylor's team. Now, Taylor is in my past basket, so it does pain me to even say this, but that statement's just bullshit. Everyone on that list would probably be loaning out yeah. their jet to other people. To say that or to imply that Taylor's the only one doing that or she's an exceptional case somehow is just ridiculous. Like, there's no way to sell me on that to make me believe it. I think I was truly surprised to see Taylor top this list. Given her personal brand, like what we've seen from Taylor over the last few years, like we had folklore and evermore and it's all about the woods and being by a lake. <laughs> oh, this might be and, a bit like, of a stretch. <laughs> cycling through. But like her brand is yeah. very like I am grounded. Like, yes, I'm a celebrity, but I yeah. love being Going back in like a cabin and recording my stuff with nature. It is then a little discombobulating, a little jarring to see her top the list for the most private jet flights. And I say this again, as someone who has her as the number one gal in my pass basket, like, yes, she's in my pass basket. Yes, I am biased in loving her. And I always almost take her side. This is a story where I can't really do that. No, and pass pass, it doesn't mean you give them a pass. It is the instinct to give them the pass. Yeah. That is the questionable thing. Yeah, this is just annoying. And I think there was some really interesting commentary on the back of this story about how I think we put so much pressure on ourselves individually to be like global citizens, you know, to make sure every decision we're making, particularly in the context of climate change, is helping the world. People cutting down on meat and, you know, trying to use a keep cup or trying to cut back on straws. And don't get me wrong, that stuff is important. But I think looking on this story, it feels incredibly demoralising to be like, what is my keep cup decision or my cutting back on meat decision really mean in the context of all of these celebrities just literally polluting the world from above and all of these corporations who actually have the most power. Yeah. Like it is a little depressing. And you can be grumpy about it and you don't have to make excuses for it. The people on Twitter who are sharing photos of Taylor riding bicycles going, <laughs> how 
guys, look at what she's doing for the planet. Like, come on, people, use your brain. She can ride bikes too. Oh, our night story. Doja Cat slams Stranger Things star Noah Schnapp for sharing their private DMs. That is from news.com. My goodness, this was quite a story. This was. In case you missed it, last month Doja Cat actually messaged 17-year-old actor Noah Schnapp, also known as a star on Stranger Things. Now, she asked him to set her up with his co-star Joseph Quinn. Joseph Quinn is in his late 20s, just so we're across the ages. (laughs) And in these DMs, she said, Noah, can you tell Joseph to hit me up before writing, wait, no, does he have a girlfriend? And then Noah Schnapp wrote back saying, Lameo, slide into his DMs. Checks out that he's 17. Yeah, Lameo, slide into his DMs. But then Doja Cat said she couldn't find him on Instagram, so he sent her the link to Joseph Quinn's profile. Now, we knew that Doja had a crush on Joseph Quinn. She had already tweeted before, Joseph Quinn, fine as shit. Yeah, I mean, it's the truth. truth. (laughs) So we knew there was a bit of affection there, but shit well and truly hit the fan when Noah jokingly took a screen shot of this exchange with her and posted it in a now deleted video on TikTok to his 30 million followers. Yes, so then Doja went live and spoke about it and this is what she said just before you tune into the next snippet. We have edited it down for pace. To be fair, this is like a a kid. Like Noah is like, I don't know how old he is, but he's not even over like, there's no way he's over like 21. But like, When you're that young, you make mistakes. You do dumb shit. I'm like trying to be super fair. But the fact that that Noah did that, like went and posted a private conversation between me and him is so unbelievably like socially unaware and whack. And like, you know what I mean? Like that's like borderline snake shit. Like, that's like, that's like weasel shit. So she was not happy. And she was also kind of saying multiple things at once. In, on one hand, she's like, it's okay, he's young. And on the other, she's like, what a snake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of confusing. That reminds me though of when you and I are kind of like, I'm fine, I'm not upset about this. But then the more we talk about it, I'm like, I'm very upset about <laughs> yeah, this. exactly. <laughs> now, Noah actually didn't immediately respond, but he did delete the video. Twitter went absolutely wild for this story. A lot of people said it was really inappropriate for Doja to message a 17-year-old about this. I don't know if I'm like not thinking it through enough, but I didn't feel immediately passionate regarding that fact. Yeah, I I mean, maybe someone can prove me wrong. I don't care about that. No, I mean, they're all in sort of a similar industry. I know he's young, but she wasn't asking him out. (laughs) Other people guessed that maybe she had a boyfriend and that, like a secret boyfriend, and that's why she got so passionate. And when I started reading about that theory, I was like, things are checking out. This theory does check out. I'm so glad you will agree. I saw a lot of TikTok videos positing this, that she does have a boyfriend potentially, that maybe they're in an open relationship, or she does try and keep it secret that they're together, tries to maintain her privacy. I think that has to be something. It's not like Doja Cat for her to get snarky on social media like this for her to get so angry unless there's something that has erupted in her personal life as a result of that video and if she does have a boyfriend and he's seeing these private messages 
he wouldn't be happy about it, would he? No, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, regardless, Noah Schnapp ended the whole debacle a couple of days after it really blew up by giving an interview to Variety. And he said, look, I'm super unserious on social media. I'm pretty goofy. <laughs> that much is true. So I posted that not thinking too much of it, but obviously it hurt her feelings. So as I should, I apologised and she was totally okay with it and was like, I'm sorry with how I reacted. It was all good. Pretty mature for a 17-year-old, I do have to say. Yeah, I don't love that he posted a private conversation on social media. I will never be fine with that. I hate that across the board when people screenshot private messages and put them in the public domain. However, he's a literal teenager and the way he has handled this does give him a green light from me. Yeah, I think it's quite mature. Yeah. Our 10th story, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez tie the knot in Vegas. That's from Vanity Fair. Guys, Jennifer Lopez is officially Jennifer Affleck. She changed her name. She has changed her name privately. I think my understanding is that we'll still call her J-Lo I hope As so. a fan. I'm, yeah. not, I'm simply not calling her Jaff. Yeah, Jaff. Oh, <laughs> sounds like Jaffel. Oh, she would be Jaffel. I would actually. Jafflex, not too bad. Yeah, actually, yeah, now that we think about it. No, she is. She announced their marriage in a post on her newsletter for fans, which was simply titled, We Did It. In that piece, she wrote, love is beautiful, love is kind, and it turns out love is patient, 20 years patient. That's quite cute. She wrote that the couple flew to Las Vegas. They stood in a line for their license with four other couples and were married just after midnight at the Little White Chapel. JLo also confirmed that two of their children were in attendance at the wedding. Yeah, I think they had one kid each there. That <laughs> sounded a bit weird. <laughs> JLo said she actually wore a dress from an old movie and that Ben wore a jacket from his closet in the simple ceremony and she said she'd been dreaming of it for a long time. She also wrote, stick around long enough and maybe you'll find the best moment of your life in a drive-thru in Las Vegas at 12.30 in the morning in the Tunnel of Love drive-thru with your kids and the one you'll spend forever with. Love is a great thing, maybe the best of things and worth waiting for. Yeah, now of course this was the second time J-Lo and Ben Affleck have been engaged but the first time they made it down the aisle. I'm curious, do we think it will last? I hate to put a dampener on the very sweet loving passages that you just read out, Zara. Would it shock me if they weren't married in 2027? Look, I put a dampener on this myself when, as I was reading uh-uh. this, I thought, what a wonderful copywriter she has in her team. <laughs> um, do I think they'll last? No, I don't. But I don't think that makes it a failure of a relationship. I still think the story is quite sweet for two people to connect in different parts of their lives. The story's beautiful. Yeah, I, I no, I, I actually am not sure it'll last two years. Um, <laughs> but there are unconfirmed reports that Jennifer Garner sent them a massive bouquet of flowers. So let's just assume that's true because that checks out for me. Yeah, Jen Garner's lovely. We all know that. But we can't ignore the fact that JLo's first husband has already gone to the press and said that it won't last either. (laughs) Oh, God, that's brutal. Yeah, the quotes were kind of brutal. Again, a bit of Doja Cat to this. He was kind of saying, you know... She kind of gets bored and then moves on, but I wish her the best. (laughs) I'm like, you cannot say two things at once. Our 11th story. How two TikTok videos unveiled an alleged cheating scandal involving Addison Rae's dad. That is from Elle magazine. Yeah, everyone, spare a moment or a thought for Addison Rae, of course, the TikTok star with 88 million followers, because she reportedly found out that her dad was cheating on her mum via social media over our break. Now, there were whispers for a few weeks on TikTok that Addison's dad, he's a 46-year-old named Monty Lopez, had been repeatedly flirting with or trying to court young women on nights out. There was even a photo of Monty Lopez supposedly alleged 
putting his hand on the butt of a 19-year-old girl. But the real nail in the coffin came when a woman named Renee Ash spoke exclusively to Page Six again about her five-month-long affair with Monty. Yeah, she told Page Six this. Unfortunately, he misled me on his marriage. He lied to me. He told me that we were going to be together and have babies together. I loved him and I believed him. When I found out about the other young girls, my heart broke. I'm so sorry if anything I have said has hurt his family any more than he already has. And I'm also so sorry that he has hurt me so deeply that I believed that we were in love. Mm. Look, I don't know. I'm so sorry to his family for hurting them with my words. You could not do the interview, but that's fine. Yeah, it's a tricky one because I imagine she'd be furious. She is 25, which isn't super young. It's not Noah Schnapp young, but it's still pretty young. I Annabelle's 25. Oh, you think I'm young? Stop. <laughs> no, Annabelle would never do this. No, I know. I know. I don't, I don't give her a pass for this, but I can imagine if, if you find out you've been cheated on, like Sherry Easterling, by the way, has found out she was cheated on. That's Addison Ray's mother. Maybe the emotion of that discovery would fuel you to do things that you will regret. And I wouldn't mind betting she'll regret doing this interview because as much as it would delight her to slam Monty Lopez, there's nothing that can take away the hurt. Even if she says, I'm so sorry if my words hurt the family, you know they'll hurt the family, so don't give them. No, I agree with you. I think that's a really fair assessment. In the days after that page six interview, Sherry changed her Instagram handle to read single mum. Sherry, of course, (laughs) being Monty's now ex-wife. She also wrote in her Instagram stories, personal matters being brought public are always challenging and overwhelming for anyone involved. I'll be okay. My biggest concern is and always will be my children and their fragile hearts and minds. I will always do my best to protect them. My goal is to make sure they feel secure and safe and I know that everything will be okay. Thank you for all the love and support and kind messages. It means the world to me. I do say I feel I feel very sorry for those kids in the public eye, particularly Addison Ray, who's very young. I saw this interesting uh, video on TikTok in the wake of all of this, where it was sort of pat footage of Addison Ray. I don't know if she was le- she was running an errand and she was walking into her car. She was visibly really anxious about walking in front of the paps, but the paps didn't ask her anything they said hey Addison how's your day going and she said good thank you got in the car reversed out and then stopped pulled her window down and said thank you so much for being so respectful and then pulled it up and drove away and I was like oh that poor girl like again like you couldn't pay me to be in that scenario I'm definitely about to get my period almost cried at the story (laughs) (laughs) I could see your eyes glossing over and I was like how do I move her on tears come I'm like it's an Addison Ray story <laughs> chill the fuck out no, but it is like she is a kid like yeah. that's rough yeah oh it's so rough and the people who are mocking her or the people who have pushed her to basically leave social media for the last few weeks are so cruel imagine finding out your family is falling apart at the same time as the rest of the world and people using it as some kind of stick to beat you with like yeah. I just hate it I feel really sorry for her yeah I absolutely agree our 12th story Rupert Murdoch's flagship Australian newspaper deletes story on sex life of British royal that is from the guardian full disclosure guys we have to be very careful with telling this story so we will tread very gently around details we'll go slow we can go slow now can we we're an hour in. <laughs> slower <laughs> who got time we got time now last week celebrity gossip account Demois or Dukes Moy posted a pretty rogue and completely unverified blind item regarding a member of the royal family now according to the blind item 
The unnamed royal in question was having an extramarital affair and apparently, according to this blind item that, as we say, is so completely unverified, it's not funny, (laughs) that extramarital affair is an open secret in London amongst the English aristocratic set. Now, apparently, the reason for this alleged affair that the royal's partner is (laughs) fine with is that the unnamed royal is apparently into pegging and his wife isn't now it's so good the anonymous post did lead to the hashtag prince of pegging (laughs) on twitter and if you do not know what pegging is i'm not your teacher google is so many people messaged about this as well being like what is pegging demois like just fucking Google it. Hop on over to Pornhub, guys. And <laughs> tutorial. Mum, don't Google it. Just know that it's naughty. <laughs> so this is the kind of story that news outlets pretty systematically avoid, right? Like, well, it's, it's not, not a like story. This, it's not a story. It's a random person messaging a blind item gossip account with a very salacious, very litigious blind item. Like, the media generally doesn't touch this stuff with a 10-foot pole, Apart from, apparently, the Oz. Yeah, so the Oz is the Australian's new youth media website. And they wrote a whole article about it. It had been taken down by the time that I saw The Guardian start reporting that people were reporting on this. So you've got, it's all just like a a meta mass of like people reporting on other people reporting on blind items. But it seems to me that the Oz either named a royal, even though there was no sort of name in this demois blind item or not so subtly hinted towards who it might be. I'd be interested to see what photo they put with the story. I wouldn't mind betting they were pretty careful with names, but maybe a photo would have been of a certain royal and that in and of itself could be defamation. Yeah, and truthfully, we don't know who it is. Like you you guys can read the blind item for yourself and try to guess. But Maybe like, they all hate pegging full stop. Yeah. Like we don't know that they love pegging. That's true. Well, yeah, that's also true. We don't know that <laughs> the pegging thing is true. Now, I was obsessed with this Guardian piece as well because they interviewed the chair of the Australian Monarchist League, <laughs> a guy named Philip Benwell, which is the most monarchist, Australian monarchist name I've ever come across. And Philip Benwell was absolutely outraged about this. He said, you might expect that in one of the British scandal rags, but not in a paper like the Australian or the Sydney Morning Herald or the Guardian. Their job is to publish news, not innuendo and downright defamation. From the wording of the article itself, it's quite clear they don't have any evidence for what they are suggesting. Such a (laughs) random story and I'm obsessed with every detail. It is It is incredibly interesting how stuff can really get legs when everything points toward this not at all being real. It reminds me again of stuff we've spoken about on Scandal, like rumours around Victoria Beckham and David Beckham divorcing, how stuff just gets legs and ends up being fake. It reminds me of the Rihanna, ASAP Rocky, Amina Mwadi headlines that we saw earlier this year that everyone believed that absolutely took off. Sometimes there is no smoke, there is no fire, it's just a blind item treated as that. Exactly. Our 13th story, Shakira faces over eight years in prison if convicted of tax fraud in Spain. That is from the Washington Post. Things are not looking good for old mate Shakira. No, but probably should have paid her taxes. (laughs) (laughs) So she's had a bad couple of months, right? Like in an episode before our break, we spoke about how she's recently split from her husband PK because he allegedly 
cheated on her. We also, when we covered that story, touched on the fact that she has been encountering some legal troubles when it comes to alleged tax evasion. Now, let's dive into this because the tax evasion stuff has really ramped up while we've been away. A brief refresher on the timeline. This all really began in 2018 when Spanish authorities accused Shakira of evading taxes amounting to, wait for it, 14.5 million euros. That is the equivalent of 21.7 million Australian dollars. It's a lot of money. Now, Shakira claimed that uh, that was over a three-year period when she hadn't formally moved to Spain yet, so she didn't need to pay taxes. So that essentially is the crux of this case, right? Did Shakira actually live in the Bahamas between 2012 and 2014, like she claims, or did she spend the majority of those years living in Spain? Prosecutors claim she spent over 200 days in Spain for those three years. So it's really kind of nutting down where she was living, who she owes this money to. And unfortunately, you can't really hide that. You've got a passport that's stamped. Well, what they're using, what prosecutors have used even more than a passport because she flies private so much is actually paparazzi photos. And because she's massive, she's massive everywhere. It's Shakira, but she's massive in Spain. Yeah. They have pap shots of her for 200 days. Yeah, so oh. then, and that's just a pap shot, right? Yeah. What about all those days where she wasn't papped? I mean, last week, what I find really curious about this story is she actually rejected a settlement deal, which led prosecutors to unveil six different charges against her, along with the aggravating factor, and that's their quote, that Shakira has a history of offshore tax havens, like a lot of celebrities do. But I, I am really interested that she re- rejected this settlement deal. I would love to have known the terms of this deal because she must be pretty confident that she's not going to jail if she has rejected a deal before it's all made public. Imagine if in like our lifetime, Shakira spends eight years in prison. Like I don't think that will happen, but it's a risk. It's a really big risk to reject that settlement offer. She's rejected it. She now faces that. Like that is a potential for her. I wouldn't be surprised though if part of that settlement factor was a little bit of time in jail and that's what she's trying to avoid in its entirety. Her lawyers do deny any wrongdoing. They've told the media that Shakira, and I quote, has always cooperated and abided by the law, demonstrating impeccable conduct as an individual and a taxpayer. Her public relations team has also said that Shakira has repaid all unpaid taxes plus interest upon being notified of the legal drama. My, oh my, watch this space, I guess. Watch this space, our 14th and final story (laughs) for the episode. Thank you for lasting this long, everyone. Florence Pugh reportedly upset about Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde. That is from Paper Magazine. This is probably my favourite story of the week. This is insane. Because this has been swirling for a while. Like, not to bring up TikTok again for like the hundredth time in this episode, but this has been swirling on TikTok for a long while. So if you have no idea what's going on, the rumours are and have been that Florence Pugh, of course, our fave Flopo. Flopu? Flopu? Flopu. I like Flopo better. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> of course, known for stuff like Little Women, has fallen out with both Harry Styles and the director of their new film, Don't Worry Darling, Olivia Wilde, after the three of them work together. Mm. There's been quite a bit of promo about this movie. This movie's been pretty high profile since before it's come out. I mean, Olivia Wilde was on the cover of Vogue. Almost a year ago, yeah. I think about this film, and it's been the longest. It's been the longest run up for a film that I can remember almost 
ever. The publicity campaign has truly been next level for this. And I think it's really at its pinnacle right now because it's due to premiere at the Venice Film Festival in just a few weeks. So the premiere is like coming up and as the PR has ramped up, someone by the name of Flopo has been completely silent. She hasn't posted a thing about it. Like not a trailer, not any of these sort of little snippets, hasn't acknowledged it on social media. So I think that's why it's been bubbling for so long because for a while people are like, "Mm, okay, she still hasn't said anything, still hasn't said anything, still hasn't said anything. And then about a week or two ago, Olivia Wilde did a massive blast because there was a new trailer out. Harry Styles posted about it, but Olivia Wilde also posted about Florence saying like, Loved working with this legend. That's actually mm. not at all what she said. It was in though in that vein. I have a direct quote. She oh, said, thanks. <laughs> Watching this woman work was such a fucking thrill. Cannot wait to show you more. And then tagged Florence Pugh. Now, Florence Pugh did not engage. She did not like. She did not comment. She did not share it. Nothing. And I personally think... Olivia Wilde posted that directly about Florence Pugh to maybe dispel some of the headlines she was seeing around. But unfortunately, I think it bred more headlines. Now, finally, this story moved off TikTok and into the mainstream news. And page six, hello? (laughs) Page six, whoever's working at page six, you deserve a raise. So they were one of the first people to actually properly talk about this. A source close to Florence spoke to page six and said, I can tell you for a fact that Flo seeing Olivia and Harry all over each other on set did not go down well as Olivia was still with Jason Sudeikis when she first hooked up with Harry. The source went on and said Jason and the kids visited Olivia on set at the beginning a few times so I think this all made people feel a little uncomfortable. So just to reiterate that's alleging that while these three were on set Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh Olivia Wilde was still engaged to Jason Sudeikis, had her current partner, allegedly, and their children come to set while secretly having some kind of romantic liaison with her leading man in Harry Styles and Florence Pugh watching that was deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, it's interesting because I think there are a couple of ways you can look at it. You can look at it as in like maybe she was with Jason at the start and like everybody got to know the family and then after that something started to happen with Harry and the Things were weird. And it was like a moral thing yeah, for Florence Pugh. I don't know. Other people have tried to hint that Florence and Harry had something first and then, mm. which actually would make more sense to me because, for example, if something was happening at work and I thought people were doing something that was very against my moral compass, mm. I, I might tell them and I might disagree with it, but a year and a half on, still be so cut up about it that I'm not posting trailers for a work project that I'm paid for. I just don't think I'd care that much. I don't. No, I think if you're put in a situation where you have to lie for someone or at least you're involved in a lie, like where you're seeing this man rock up to set to support his partner, knowing full well that partner is allegedly, and we will put that underline, allegedly having an affair with your co-star. I can't guarantee I would be sweet with that. That would build resentment within me to be like, do your own thing. I don't care if you have an affair. Go do what you want to do. It's not my life. It's not my business. Do not put me in uncomfortable situations that make me feel like I'm in a tug of war. Well, that's what I think. I think there has to be slightly more to this than Mm. her just watching on being like, "Mm, that's a bit weird. Because I do think after a year, you'd probably just get over it, post the project and like, 
Move on. Move on. Yeah. So I do – I think there has to be a layer here that we're not across and that we are missing because I – if I'm honest, I do think it's pretty funny that she hasn't posted anything. She also hasn't even posted anything to try and dispel the rumours after they've gone wild. She's really not trying to make this easier for anyone, Florence Pugh. No, that's the thing. So I'm like something's, something's funny here. I think there are rumours that because Olivia Wilde was engaging in this romance with Harry Styles on set, she kind of let go of her directing responsibilities yes. a little bit and There's Florence Pugh might have had to like step in. In a bit. There's lots in about that as well. And again, all completely unverified, but a lot of people are saying Florence essentially directed this movie and is not going to get any credit for it. And this is the thing. This is one of those rumours where there's smoke, it seems to be that there's fire. And I think we need a gossip pass on this podcast that if there's smoky gossip, we can take it and run with it. We'll label it as smoky. Yeah. <laughs> this is very, 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 very smoky. smoky. I buy this. I, I don't know exactly, of course, what's going on. But there's something awry here between Florence Pugh, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde for sure. And it's going to be fascinating when we see them on a red carpet together at the Venice Film Festival and everyone has a microscope up to the dynamics of that trio. Like body language experts will be. Page <laughs> double. <laughs> they will be, it will be a busy time for body language experts. Guys, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening to all the stuff we wanted to talk about that we didn't get to talk about because we were on break. It is it's been such a delight to be back in your ears. That's exactly right. Please come follow us over on Instagram. We are at Shameless Podcast. Of course, we will be doing Your Safe Friday tomorrow. Come follow us on TikTok as well to see snippets, video snippets of this exact episode. We are on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. Anything that I've missed, ladies? No. No, ladies. Guys, thank you so much again. We will be back in your ears on Monday. Bye. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.